You are Locked On Orioles, your daily podcast on the Baltimore Orioles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Locked On Orioles, your place for news analysis and everything else about the Baltimore Orioles. It's all O's all the time. As always, I'm your host, Justin McGuire. You know me from my other podcast, Baseball by the Book. You know me as the longtime MLB editor for Sporting News. And I hope you also know me as a longtime Orioles fan. Well, guys, the Orioles are coming off a 7-3 loss to the Braves on Sunday as I record this. But that's not really the story of the weekend. The story of the weekend is that the Orioles actually won the series against the first-place Braves. Um, something of a minor miracle for this team, which has struggled so much. So kind of a high point of the season so far to win a, win a uh, good road series against a good team. This is a series that like I said it was played at SunTrust Park in Atlanta. And I actually happened to be there on Saturday night to watch the um, Orioles beat the Braves 7-5. to um, so I'm bringing on as my guest today somebody who was also at that series. He is a rising sophomore at Hendersonville High School in Hendersonville, North Carolina, and he also happens to be my son. His name is Cameron McGuire. Welcome, Cameron. Thanks for having me. <laughs> all right, son. Well, let's start talking about this series. Um, first of all, I wanted to talk about SunTrust Park. Now, you and I have been to, um, now I believe with SunTrust Park, we've been to 15 major league stadiums together. Um, we have a 16th coming up this week when we see Miller Park in Milwaukee. But um, what were your general impressions of SunTrust Park? It was the first time either of us had been there. I believe it was like it was a very busy area, and I feel like that SunTrust Park tried to cram a lot of um, activity in one very minor area, which made it overwhelming. But I thought the ballpark itself was a um, nice ballpark. It wasn't my favorite ballpark I've ever been to. It reminded me a lot of like Target Field and just sort of a nice ballpark to go to um, to watch a baseball game. Yeah, no, what you're talking about is, for people who haven't been to SunTrust Park, um, they built it out in Cobb County, um, just uh, just outside of Fulton County, where Atlanta is, um, in an area like I think it's called Marietta. And so it's not a downtown stadium like so many of the recent ballparks are. It's it's really a suburban stadium. And they built it right off the interstate, and it's it's got kind of a... Um, an area where there's like restaurants and bars and stuff right at the stadium, but that you can go to without going to the game. Now, during game time, it would be difficult to get to these these areas, I think. I think everybody we saw was probably there for the game. But like Cameron was saying, when we first got there, it was a, it was a 4 o'clock game. We got there, um, you know, one thirty or so. It was just, just a ton of people out, a ton of activity. There was music being played. And it was like, it was just kind of overwhelming, right? That's what you meant by that? Yes, that's what I meant. Um just a lot of activity, um, a lot of people in a little minor area. Yeah, it's kind of a lot of stuff packed into one. Um, the stadium itself, I'm sort of with you. I, li- I mean, I liked it. It was fine. It was it was it was good enough. But it didn't it didn't have uh, to me. It didn't have a lot of like distinguishing characteristics, right? There, I couldn't tell you like you know like like we've been to a lot of stadiums and I could tell you well, what was your favorite feature of the park you know if you go to Pittsburgh or you go to San Francisco or even like you said Minnesota Cincinnati there's things I could tell you that I really remember about them this one didn't strike me as particularly memorable did you agree with that Cameron yes I did I couldn't really remember any um striking feature of it there one thing I do remember is the um little hall of fame area they had behind home plate which I thought it was a nice area, but I also found it kind of odd they they put like their Hall of Fame and like museum area in the ball like some ballparks we go to are sort of like on the outside, like in separate buildings from the stadium, which I, I like that more than what SunTrust Park did. 
Yeah, like I said, we've been to Cincinnati. They have a very nice Reds Hall of Fame there that's separate from the stadium. It's right there at the stadium. Um, or I know North Carolina basketball has a Hall of Fame right at the Dean Dome, but again, it's it's, it's separate outside. Whereas this one you were talking about was kind of inside the, uh, the stadium itself. Um, did you have a chance to walk through and look at it very much? Um, not really. I just walked through it like as we were going to our seats. Um, I did see their Hall of Fame. Um, there weren't a whole lot of members on it. Um, there, there were a lot of features that I think, like some features from when they were in Milwaukee, um, and some from in when they were in Atlanta. But I didn't get to see much of it. Now, um, now let's, let's talk about the game itself because the um, the the game that we watched was uh, an Orioles victory. Like I said, it was seven to five. It was the um, four o'clock game on Saturday, and it, it featured a couple interesting things. We got the um, Grand slam for Mark Trumbo in the first inning. We had a three-run uh, double from Chris Davis. And then I believe that was Zach Britton's first save of the year, wasn't it? Yes, that is correct. What was your favorite part of the game? Because obviously it's exciting to see them win. What did you enjoy about it? I think my favorite part was um, when Mark Trumbo hit that grand slam because it was um, it was right at the beginning of the ball game. There were no outs, so it was just a very exciting way to start the game to get, uh, I believe a couple of walks in a base and then a, the grand slam by Trumbo and like the Orioles, the Orioles fandom traveled very well. So like just seeing a lot of other Orioles fans get excited as Trumbo hit that homer was very exciting for me. Yeah. That's one thing I noticed too. And I wanted to ask you, I, I was going to ask you about earlier. I forgot, but yeah, when we went to the stadium, um, you know, we've, we've been to Orioles games um, and a few other places, but to see the Orioles playing in Atlanta, it was the thing I was kind of surprised about is just how many Orioles fans you saw there. Because obviously this is a team that's not doing very well, and I think a lot of the fans probably don't have a whole lot of reason to be excited about the Orioles. And yet you still had a ton of, you know, I think I think maybe about a third of the stadium, maybe a little less than that, but but a lot of people at the stadium were in Orioles gear. I saw all sorts of T-shirts and hats, um, and I saw jerseys. We were talking earlier about what jerseys we saw, and I mean, I think I saw a ton of active players like Gossman and Bundy and Britton and, of course, a bunch of Machados and Joneses, but I also saw some interesting, like Matt Wieters, J.J. Hardy, Brian Roberts. Um, there was a lot of Orioles jerseys there, weren't there? Yes, there were a lot of different Orioles jerseys. Um, I remember seeing like a Jim Johnson and a Trey Mancini, and the guy in front of us was wearing a Brian Roberts. Um, jersey, which I like. Yeah, and when they were doing the national anthem, and it came time to say the "Oh," I know I did it loud, and I heard a lot of other people throughout the stadium doing it as well. Yes, yeah, yeah it very, it's very loud. It was nice to hear. Um, I just like I remember. I don't think I remember like when we went to Atlanta in 2012 when the Orioles were actually really good. I I don't think the "Oh" was actually as loud in 2012. I think it was louder now, but I could be wrong. Yeah, it's interesting. I think. Um, I think there were more Orioles fans here than there were in 2012, um, and, and I'm not. Really, I can't. You know, that's obviously not scientific, but just, just it seems to me that there was a bigger Orioles crowd this time around. Um, I think that might that might be because SunTrust Park being a new stadium. This is the first time the Orioles have ever played in SunTrust Park, and I think I think it's more interesting to see a new ballpark than like Turner Field, which like not not as interesting. As, yeah, um, I mean, and I think um, interleague series weekend interleague series particularly tend to do. Have a lot of out of you know how to a lot of people from the other team show up. I know when we were in Baltimore several years ago, see the Reds and the Orioles. There were a ton of Reds fans there, and that just tends to be I think the norm for any interleague series. But yeah, you're probably right. It was the first chance for a lot of Orioles fans to see 
um, to see this this stadium. And again, it's you know it's it's a good ballpark experience. It's not a place where you can just you know get a downtown hotel and walk to the game, which is something you know Cameron and I have done at many of the stadiums we've gone to, including including Baltimore, obviously, and then. Um, you know, places like Cincinnati and Minnesota and Cleveland, and Pittsburgh, we've been able to do that. Um, this is more like maybe Kansas City where you have to you kind of get something downtown and, and you either take public transportation or you drive. I don't know. I don't know exactly what the public transportation situation is. Um, we didn't really look into it, but I know there was a lot for lifts and stuff like that and Ubers. Um, all right, well, let's get back to the game, Cameron, because that game was started by Dylan Bundy. And he looked pretty good, I thought. Yeah, he was good. Um, it's it's hard to see like what specifically was working, but I think he went thick and ink and up two earned runs, which I think with Dylan Bundy, you can either get a really good start or a really bad start. And we got a really good start from him against a good lineup with guys like Markakis, Nick Markakis, and um, Freddie Freeman, and guys like that. And I think um, Bundy did a very good job shutting down their lineup. Yeah, I, th- I thought he looked pretty sharp. Um, not not his best outing of the year, but certainly a the kind of performance that you know will will get you a win most of the time if if the offense produces anything at all, and it did for him. Um, you mentioned Markakis; it was interesting. Um, obviously, you know Nick Markakis played for the Orioles for a long time, so I, I felt like there was a lot of um, positive feelings about Markakis from the Orioles fans, and it, I saw several Markakis jer- Orioles jerseys. Uh, I think I think in fact I think I saw more Orioles Marquez jerseys than I saw Braves Marquez jerseys in the stadium, and um, yeah. I think people Orioles fans seem to be happy that he's having such a good season, don't you think? Yeah, I, th- I think they are because like obviously he never made the All Star game with the Orioles. I think that's something that with the Orioles being really bad and something that I'm really rooting for is for Nick Marquez to finally make an All Star game, and because he's had some really good seasons with the Orioles that he never made an All Star game, and I feel like he he finally got in the year that he really deserved to be an all-star this year. Yeah, I think he's almost certainly going to be at this point, and I, and I am happy for him. He's a guy who, you know, produced well for the Orioles for a long time, had some really good years. Um, you know, I think when he left, a lot of fans were unhappy with that. And based on what he's doing this season, you know, you can see that. But he, he also had a few years in there that weren't so great. So I'm not sure the Orioles necessarily made a mistake in not giving him a long-term contract. But it is good to see him doing well. And the other guy we saw starting from that game was Ryan Flaherty, our old friend Ryan Flaherty, who uh, is actually having a decent year with the Braves in a, in a part-time role. I was, I'm kind of surprised to see him hit. Him, I think his on-base percentage was pretty high too. I don't know exactly what's going on with National League pitching, but um, I think fans also want to see Ryan Flaherty do well. Um, I think like with how the NL um, does like pinch hitting a lot more than the AL, I think maybe like he's being put in in favorable roles to hit against like. Um, Variety relievers that aren't as good, so like he he gets more of an opportunity to um, get some base hits as in the National League where he's pinch hitting for the pitcher. And I don't think he's not their full time starter at third. They have um, Camargo starting at third mostly for them. So I think um, putting him in the in that role is is good for him. Okay, well let's go back just a minute and talk about the Friday night game because that had to be one of the more exciting Orioles games of the year for a variety of reasons. And and that game for people who if you know if you didn't watch it or don't know, now Cameron, you're fifteen years old and you have a bedtime during the school year, but during the summer we don't really care too much. So you stayed up till past one AM watching that game, didn't you? Yes, I did. It went till probably I think one ten AM. The game didn't actually start until ten forty five because 
of rain, but like, I mean, that game in the ninth inning, I was really happy in the top of the ninth because we um, finally, like, we had a big inning in the ninth inning, and I thought we could get a good inning out of Britain in the bottom of the ninth, and of course, he gave up four runs, and um, for all of the extra innings, I just assumed we were going to lose, but I kept watching anyway because I didn't, I had nothing else to do, and so I kept watching, it kept assuming they were going to lose, and then we got, like, Miguel Castro pitched really well in the extra innings, and Mike Wright gave us two good innings. And, like, um, Steve Wilkerson actually made a great play at the end of the 14th inning, I believe, with a man on third to um, save the ball game and take it into the 15th, which is where we won it. Yeah, I think when you say you're expecting them to lose, I think that's probably, based on what I saw on Twitter and based on just common sense, I think that was probably what most Orioles fans were thinking at that time because this is a, a team, obviously, that has struggled all year. Um, and when you blow a foreign lead on the road in the ninth, it's got to be pretty demoralizing, and it's got to put people in a, in a bad way. So it was really – I was impressed that they were able to hold it and, and, and you know, and get that win. And it's the kind of win that – if this was a team that was was any good and was contending for a playoff spot, it would be one of those wins you'd look back at later in the year and say, oh, man, that was a key game. Obviously, with this team, that's not going to be the case, but it's still nice to see them, despite all the struggles, to have some fight left in them and to be to come back even with after a gut punch like that. I, I was kind of impressed with their effort in the extra innings. Yeah, it was very impressive. And, um, like, I, I feel like the um, relief pitching did very well. It reminds me of that game way back in April when um, Pedro Alvarez hit that grand slam in the 14th inning against the Yankees. And that's another one where you were on the road against a very good team. And we blew a uh, one-run lead in the eighth in that game. So um, another game where you just felt like the entire game, the Yankees going to win because that's what feels like always happens. Even, even when the Orioles are good, it feels like you lose this type of game. And just the way they um, kept playing through all the extra innings and the way their um, pitcher contributed in extra um, and, have, and having good defense and finally in the 15th, the homer by Machado really sealed the game was very exciting for the Orioles. Yeah, and that's something, too, that's interesting is that um, those first two games, the Orioles scored um, a total of what? How many? They scored seven in the – how many did they – what was the final score on Saturday? I forget, or Monday, on Friday, I forgot. It was um, – it was 10-7. So they scored 17 runs in the first two games. Um, obviously, one of those games went extra innings. But still, I mean, that's based on how this team has been scoring, that was a, just a huge offensive output for them. And like on Friday, on, on Saturday, I know, they just the key to it was that they got two key hits. I mean, they, they actually, um, you know, d- didn't have – they had fewer hits than the Braves did, but they made the most of them because they got the bases loaded twice, and one time they got a – Grand Slam, one time they got a three-run double, so they really took advantage of the base runners they did have, and that's something this team hadn't been doing much earlier in the year. Um, one of the things that was kind of positive for me was to see Chris Davis. You know, He had a homer Friday night, and he had that three-run double on Saturday, and you know he's still struggling and still struck out a bunch, and I, I'm still not expecting much from him, but it was it's got to feel good for him to come back into the lineup and at least produce something. Yeah, it, it's great, especially that um, home run on um, Friday night was against another left-handed pitcher that he was able to take to the opposite field, which I, I really like seeing um, him being able to do that because he, he really struggled against lefties as well as against right. And um, being able to hit that double, especially with two outs, it just sort of felt like because we had the base there was nobody out that inning, then the, then the two guys before him just got out. I think they struck out. And um, then 
having David to the plate, you just sort of felt like, oh, that's the ending. And then all of a sudden he hit a three-run double off the wall that um, a few feet away from being a grand slam of the dome was very nice to see for me. Yeah, definitely. Um, we know we've got Chris Davis under contract for, <laughs> for four more years after this, so it will be nice if he's capable of producing at least something. Um, all right, so the the game that they didn't win then is this game that just ended today. It's Sunday. Um, I honest, I'll be honest, I didn't have a chance to watch that game. But we just got back into town and I was doing a few things, but Cameron did watch it. So Cameron, what did you think? What happened in the Sunday game? How did it look? Well, um, Sunday game, it wasn't a great start by David Hess. Um, he went only four, four innings and up five earned runs. And I know that um, Chris Tillman has been rehabbing, and I really hope that the Orioles don't put Chris Tillman back in the starting rotation. But I think, like, if David Hess doesn't work out the way that we want to, another guy I've been looking at is, um, like, Gabriel, and that would to be good, but I guess that one about the game. And um, I thought Mike Wright did a really good job out the bullpen doing going three innings, um, giving up no earned runs, um, gave up like a walk and a couple of hits, so we were able to um, strand those guys. And um, Trumbo had a pinch hit home run, so he's had like three or four home runs just this past week. So he'd, he's done a very nice job um, being able to get some nice hits. And uh, Mancini had a nice game too. He was, he was being benched um, for a few games like Davis was, and he came with um, a solo home run of his own and a single and a walk. And um, I thought that was a good job for Trey Mancini to really um, get get himself back into the game after being benched a few games. You know, the Orioles uh, start a series against the Seattle Mariners um, starting this week. What what are you looking for in that series? Do you think the Orioles can continue the momentum of this series and maybe maybe win a series against a contender like the Mariners, or are we expecting them to go back to the Orioles of old? Uh, the Mariners are a very good team. Um, they're coming off. A series, I think they lost two of three to the Red Sox. So I think um, being at home will help us. I think being back in front of our home crowd will help us. But I, I think the Mariners are just a really good team. And I think they're better than the Braves. And I, like, I just, I think the Orioles, they'll be really lucky to get a split. I'm expecting the Mariners to take three out of four in that one. Yeah, it's. I think one thing I've, I've sort of noticed this year is when the Orioles play National League teams, that the caliber of National League teams I just don't think is as good as the American League teams. I mean, the Braves are a first-place team, and, you know, it's one series. You don't want to put too much into it, but they they didn't impress me as a particularly good team and certainly not as good as Yankees, Red Sox, Astros, you know, some of these other teams that the Orioles have played in the American League who are very good. All right, so anyway, Cameron, thanks for joining us today. Um, I know you're right in the house with me, so it was easy for you to make the trip, but thank you anyway. Yeah, thanks for having me. And that's going to do it for another edition of Locked On Orioles. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.